Burner Phone is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Wait, so you left your like family friend's wedding to like fuck a guy the rest of the night? Yeah, and then I came back at the end of the wedding. <laughs> and started eating cake with my hands. <laughs> Welcome to Burning in Hell. What's up, guys? Welcome to Burning in Hell. We are in the dark, scary depths of hell in real life as well. Um, I want to welcome our guest today. She has an amazing name. Hannah Dickinson. She's a New York-based comic, writer, actress, lover, fighter, and a friend. Oh, you're reading my website. Yeah. <laughs> I, liked, I liked that line. And um, she has a new Snapchat show called Get Money, which just premiered in March. And it's so fucking good. Um, and she's a writer on the social team at Comedy Central. And she's currently seeking an agent and therapist. Okay, good. So that's all still up to date? Still up to date, yes. Uh, honestly, I'm impressed that your website's up to date. That says a lot about you. Well, you saw one of those genuine bios that was like, I've done this, I've done that, but it was all kind of fluff bullshit. And I'm like, yeah. no one cares. Get to the real real. Yeah, I need a therapist and I do need an agent. So <laughs> I'm calling out to anyone. And also, if you get a really good agent, I feel like they could be a therapist too. Oh, is that how that works? <laughs> like two for one. You just like bother them all the time if you make them money. Also, you're an, you were an intern for Chelsea lately. I was. I loved her humor of just being so mean to men. And like, I think I, I subconsciously wanted to be that. Tell me the truth of what working on that show was like. You won't break my heart. It's okay. Honestly, she was not, she didn't like to talk to people because by the time I worked there, she had, it had been on the air for so long. So if I, she had me, needed me to do something, she wouldn't look at me or she'd just be like, I worked in wardrobe, so she'd be like, spray me with static. I'd be like, ah, okay. Um, she made me very, she was very intimidating. But yeah. she cleared out, I worked in wardrobe, and she cleared out her closet every season. So fall, winter, spring, and she lived in LA, so there are no seasons. But she did that anyway, and I got all of her clothes. So I felt like she was pretty chill. That's incredible. Apparently, it's like widely known when you move to LA that like the traffic is really bad and Ellen DeGeneres is a bitch. But some guy on Twitter goes, hey, I will donate $2 to everyone who writes a story on this thread of a time Ellen DeGeneres was a terrible human. And it just blew up and went viral with the most insane stories. Did I need to see this. I've not seen this. Someone was like, I was a waitress and my nail was chipped. And then she told my manager and almost got me fired because my nail was chipped. And like sh just wild shit that you're like, damn, Ellen, like. I don't know. Do you have any stories or experiences? So it's interesting. People talk about Ellen as like, I think it's because she's such, such a, she seems like such a nice, genuine person mm -hmm. that for her to be a bitch is like crazy. It feels like a mat. It's kind of like whenever I'm found out Louis CK was jacking off. I mean, not, I'm not trying to compare it cause that's sexual. You present yourself as this person and then you aren't and as that's your whole persona i feel like that's like jarring for a lot of people whereas chelsea handler she wasn't she didn't do anything really mean like she was never she just wasn't polite but mm -hmm. people are like yeah yeah what do that's you think chelsea you're gonna get? i almost i feel like there's is two types of famous people there's like the mariah carries where you're like yeah no shit she's a huge diva but you know what that's mariah carey she's probably a bitch and that's okay she owns it. But then someone like then you hear the people that you've looked up to forever and you're like, wait, they didn't tip their weight staff. Oh, no. The tipping thing bothers me because yeah. I'm like, you don't have to be nice to tip someone. You can no. just you don't even have to be polite, but you have enough money where you could just make it all OK being rude to a waiter by giving them 40 percent because yeah. you can afford to do that. So tipping is always I had a boss who was a big uh, he was a big director and producer. 
and he was so cheap with that stuff and it just really bothered me because I was you have so much money you bought the house next door to you and now you're trying to it just felt that's to me is the grossest thing because and then they vote and I don't know it's it's funny how it's I don't know as someone who worked for like minimum wage for so long or free as an intern it just felt so they really know how to take advantage what were you doing in LA and how long were you there so I went to USC so that's why I went out there oh nice the Trojans hell yeah um yeah i didn't buy my way in if if anyone's wondering um i i'm yeah my, you were not a rower no i was not i'm not you were honest not you were like i can't all. row i'm not even gonna pretend i can yeah but there were a lot of people i feel like at usc where i was like yeah this person for sure bought their way in um but then so then i stayed out there because i was doing stand-up and just trying to be an actress and a stand-up out there but then my manager was in new york and he was like, you'll get so much better if you move to New York. And I was working at Cycle House. Oh, know. yeah. So I was like, yeah, I, I think it's time for me to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I was sleeping under the desk when I was checking. I would check people in and then sleep during the class under the desk. Oh, my God. And I, I, I was like, I'm too old to be doing this. I need to, <laughs> I need to spread my wings and get out of L.A. Well, I so also met was- with an agent who was, uh, he, it was at Players Talent Club. And he told me that I was uh, I looked fatter than my headshot and a lot older. And I'd been taken like six months ago. And uh, I cried in the parking lot of a McDonald's after getting a McFlurry. <laughs> like I was so upset. <laughs> and I was like, I need a McFlurry after being called fat. And then I was like, yeah, I got to get out of this fucking place. I don't even know how SoulCycle works. It scares me. The whole cultish vibe. Like I want a real cult. I don't want like a health cult. Health cults are fucking weird. Yeah, that's how it felt because Cycle House was a TV show, though a reality show, I guess. Oh, and I, I didn't know. even know about it. So, but the people that worked there kind of thought they were celebrities because they were on TV for a season. And <laughs> reality it felt TV very... people are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, not. It's funny. I last year I was when I was at South by. It was the first time I had cable when I was staying at a hotel, and I watched Summer House like the whole time. Oh, my God. I, like, never assume people watch it because it's not, like, it's becoming mainstream, but it wasn't, like, last year. What'd you think of it? A lot of drama. (laughs) But it's, is that real? Is it real drama? It's all real. This season, I I was really scared last, my first season, because you just hear all these terrible stories and, like, you're just afraid that your whole identity is going to be ruined because of, like, one drunk night you do something stupid. And this season I was just a little messier and I got involved in a lot more shit and just didn't care. And like the season's better for me, but I'm like dealing with my first ever like intense Twitter hate and like people just calling you like insane, attacking your character like they know you. And it's been wild. And I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm getting my reality TV street cred, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you're famous is what that that's all I hear. I do feel like whenever I hate someone on a or like they don't hate, you know what I mean? Whenever I'm like, I don't if I'm going to say something mean, I would never also type. If you go so far as typing something that you're upset with someone that you don't know, you have problems. That's it. Yes. It's like none of my friends are on Twitter, like tweeting at random reality TV people telling them that like they're shitty people and stuff like that because of like one scene that something was edited in. Yeah. That's just someone that's such, uh, it's people are so stupid. I mean, people say shit to me all the time on Twitter. They'll DM me a guy DM me last night. He was like two months or two months ago. He was like, you're so funny. Keep doing your thing. And then last night I didn't respond. And then last night he goes, Hey, we get it. You're sexual. Now shut the fuck up. And this was just, and it was like, I don't know what to say. People I'd were just like, mean. dude, just because your wife doesn't want to fuck you doesn't mean you have to attack me in my DMs. A producer told me something that was good, like life advice in general, especially for comedians and any in any career is that like, if you get too high off of like people saying they love you and stuff, then you will get way too low when people say that you're a shitty person. But like, if you let these people affect your emotions in a positive or negative way, that's not a way to live life. And yeah. you can't let it get to your head and be like, I am fucking amazing because Dory, Dory again, because Stephanie in Utah told me. It's like, no, just be yourself and shut up. <laughs> this is yeah, me that's kind of how, I mean, and if you think about it, like even going back to Ellen, so many people, there's this thread on there. She's probably knows it's out there. She probably doesn't give a shit. Maybe she does, but I feel like, 
she's never coming out by saying, oh, I'm sorry or this and that. Because she just does not seem to give a shit or just yeah. ignores it. Yeah. And her life seems to be pretty chill. Yeah. And if you, it's like in comedy, if you care too much about bombing, you can't survive. Like you have to almost embrace the bomb. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. And I mean, I care what people think of me just because that's, but yesterday I felt like, I feel like I had a post bomb and I was sitting thinking about it for like three hours and I'm like, okay, the bombing of the post is now it makes me a loser. The fact that I've thought about this for three hours and then I was like this guy who I've been like friends with for years, but we've been like romantically involved because it's like love after lockup. We just haven't seen anyone. Yep. And, um, I was like, is he just not going to call me today? Because I hadn't heard from him. I'm like, is it because that post bombed? Like, it's like so in my head. But that's insane. I hate if I'm like involved with some kind of guy in comedy too. Because you'll immediately be like, he doesn't think I'm funny anymore. He thinks I'm a hack. And honestly, every time I've ever been with someone who's in comedy, I'm like, I think the same thing. And I'm like, oh, wait, he's never definitely never thought I was a funny because I'm a female in comedy. <laughs> That's just be out the window. Like, Dude, there's I was never no funny. way I can date in comedy anymore. And I shouldn't have to begin with. Yeah, I feel like, too, um, male comedians are very jealous. I mean, we're all jealous. Anyone who does this gets jealous. I get yeah. jealous. But I do feel like male comedians have a hard time. They'll justify someone's success based on how they got it. Or like, or yeah. like they'll use it or whatever they got. They'll use whatever they have going for them against them. 100%. So it's like, oh, she gets that because she posts this photo on Instagram. It's like, well, you could post something that people, if they say well, for the Well, you got it because you're a white man. So we're even. Okay. Yeah, that's how I feel. I'm like, whatever. I'm reading this book called, well, when I say I'm reading, I mean, I bought it on Amazon. It's called How to Date Men When You Hate Men. So here we are. Are you sober now? I am. Good for you. How long have you been? Since October. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been good. I just felt like my life was so crazy in the sense of I just kept my friends are getting married. And I just kept ruining weddings, you know, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I need to. This is not my day. So Do you have a particular wedding that you hit rock bottom at. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> do course. it. Let's do it. <laughs> Well, so I was in this wedding. It was like a family friend we grew up with. They grew up next door to us. And I was a bridesmaid. And my parents were there. It was my mom's birthday. <laughs> and we had been drinking since 8 a.m. Like, and they were like, oh, we're going to serve you lunch and breakfast and lunch. And the family that whose wedding it is, they don't believe in food. So there was really no food. I'm blaming it on a lot of factors. I was fully drinking heavily. And then I popped like... A 50 milligram Vyvanse at some point. <laughs> things got wild. I switched to tequila sodas at like 2.30. And so is guy, anyone like hanging with you or are you on your own like train of drunkness? Like do you have a friend that's like in it with you? Yeah. Everyone was pretty in it with me till the yeah. end. Because <laughs> I just, I don't know what happened. There was a moment, the guy who I walked down the aisle with, I had just met him. He was late, so I met him as we were about to walk down the aisle. And then he just started being very flirty, and I was getting so hammered. And we went to the reception maybe 10 minutes, and then I left to go back to his hotel. So I Was it the near, or did you have to like get in an Uber? It was near. But the hotel was at a Four Seasons, which is where I was staying with my parents, and he was at the Marriott next door. And my mom was like, the fact that you left for the Marriott... <laughs> <laughs> that was the most offensive part about it. The, Wait, so you, you left, left to go to your, a like, Marriott family friend's wedding to like fuck a guy the rest of the night. Yeah, and then I came back at the end of the wedding <laughs> and started eating cake with my hands, and my mom was crying, and my dress was covered in I don't know what. <laughs> And so I woke up the next morning to get on a train because this was in Baltimore to go back to New York. And I felt like the worst person in the world. I was like, I am such a fucking slut loser. And and I don't mean to slut shame anyone. Like, it doesn't matter. But I felt very out of control in the sense of it was my mom's birthday. My whole family was there. Yeah. I should have really kept it together. <laughs> What's funny is if you had done that in just a different kind of wedding, like no one would have known you left. Your friends might have high-fived you when you got back, but it was, like, the situation that made it shameful to you. 
exactly yeah it was, yeah my friends who were at the wedding i i texted my friend who got married an, an apology because i was like i'm so embarrassed i'm so sorry she was and i didn't even know you were gone i was yeah, so no. laughed. like no one gave a shit but my mom and it did but it did feel like okay maybe i should just maybe not forever just a while just kind of yeah. get my and there's something out. about like you do your own thing and then you're back in a situation with your parents and you almost feel like you're getting scolded like when you're a little kid again and you're like i had all these hopes and dreams and now i'm in a marriott with i don't know his name <laughs> you have one of those like you look onto yourself where you're just like this isn't what little hannah wanted <laughs> i know that's literally i woke up the next day like my dad couldn't look at me my brother was like you're so embarrassing it was just like i see my brother owns my parents own this like disaster cleanup company and my brother has a franchise of that and he's very successful and he has a girlfriend and he lives in a house that he bought and then i'm like talking about dicks on stage and then going to a wedding and leaving early and i'm like yeah i need to not do this no i feel like a lot of um female comics have a similar story where like i have a brother too and he's like a uh financial engineer some i don't even know at bloomberg and sounds hot he has he, yeah he is hot actually i'm but like he, why I'm, I'm slutty sober you know what i mean yeah <laughs> same but he he is engaged to this girl he met in college like who meets we he went to university of wisconsin where i went but he like met someone she moved to new york they have an apartment together a cat they're engaged the wedding's coming up and my mom introduces him as the normal one but my yeah. His girlfriend's a nurse at the NICU, like with she saves like infants that are born. And my dad's like, Jeannie saved a dying baby today. What did you do? Post a fucking tweet about dicks. <laughs> and I'm like, Yes, I did. And it was a good one. Fucking killed on the internet. All right. Don't ever ask to be a part of my TikTok again, Dad. Actually, I need you for likes. Come back. Come back, please. <laughs> um, now I want to get a little more into you. Clearly, I haven't been able to talk to anyone for a while, so I just wanted to talk at you for a bit. But first of all, we're going to get right into the important questions. Why did your parents spell your name without an H at the end? <laughs> That's uh, a great question. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I ask myself that every day. <laughs> they they Okay, so first of all, they almost named me Belle. Which okay. is the scariest thing because my last name is Dickinson. So it's like, I don't need Dick and Belle in the <laughs> same name. I was like, what? My mom was like, yeah, we were really close. And I was like, thank fucking God, because I would be a porn star earlier than I'll end up being one now. Um, and then they read a book and the name Hannah didn't have an H and they liked the way that looked. But it's been confusing at times because people are like, I try to find your thing, but I can't. And they spell my name wrong. Yeah. Um, it is, I guess, nice to be. It's not even unique. It's just inconvenient. Do you know how much time you must save, though, by not having to write an H at the end of your name? I do love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love visually that my name's a palindrome, but I still have to. Everyone goes, is there an H at the end? And I just say yes. And you say no. So yeah, it's everyone's so like, similar, Aw. but so different. They go, oh, they get mad. <laughs> yeah, they're like, wait, your name's not a palindrome. That sucks. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> that is so fucking funny. I also think H A N A is pretty. It's like a Japan, more Japanese or something. I've seen it. Like H A N A is cute to me. But oh yeah, maybe I should have just yeah changed it. I was like, should I just legally change it back with an H at the end? It was funny. My friend the other day was like, her friend from Texas thought you you were her friend she got excited <laughs> hannah burner and my friend was like no no hannah dickinson without it without an h and she's like ah oh, never mind <laughs> i was like yeah all right well <laughs> you're like just wait i feel like you'd be good on reality tv so i auditioned for the bachelor oh how'd it go <sighs> i mean not great i wasn't on it but uh <laughs> It's he was like, you'd be like a character on the show. And I was like, that feels rude. He'd want you to show up in the shark outfit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like in a bubble, just like something crazy. Um, and I was he said, do you really want to? He said the bachelor. He said that he knew I was a comic and stuff. And he was like, you'll have to lie about your job. You know how they have weird jobs. Yeah. It's because they're actors and they can't say they're actors. So they make up something funny. Oh, yeah. And uh that's a fun fact. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm like, chicken handler, really? <laughs> Dog yeah. petter? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this is, uh, they hire writers for that show, actually. <laughs> so. That's amazing. But yeah, then the I just thought, I, I'm bad at dating off camera, and I'm, uh, I was such a heavy drinker for a while. I, I knew that I would just fall into the pool, so. You were a pretty fun person to look up, because I did research on you. I didn't click on the story because I didn't want it to be spoiled, but can you tell me your tattoos and kind of the situation behind them? Because you said on Comedy Central that like every tattoo was a mini mental breakdown in New York City. And I want the audience to understand that. <laughs> yeah, I want, see, I've always been like a big fan of tattoos, which is a weird thing. I've always wanted one. I think it's because my mom hates them so much. A part of me <laughs> is like. I grew up thinking if you have a tattoo, you own a motorcycle or have AIDS or both. Like that, yeah. that was the way my family was raised or yeah. my mom. My mom's very scary. Um, <laughs> she's very nice, but she's very scary. Yeah. And uh, so I, yeah, when I moved to New York, I, I got dumped in a park. That was my first experience in New York. Cause I didn't really have friends when I moved here. And it's kind of hard to make friends in comedy because it feels like everyone's like, well, you know, they do their own thing. And just as an adult to move and make friends feels impossible. Yeah. And so I got dumped in a park by this guy who told me that his ex-girlfriend was a lawyer and his girlfriend before that was in med school. And I was like, okay, like I also have pretty rich parents. So I think you're like, cool. And my pussy's popping. So (laughs) yeah. What (laughs) up? You're like, my parents are rich, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. What more do you want from me? They're not. I, I shouldn't say that because they're really not. But <laughs> I'm like drinking a diet coke with it. They could be. They could be rich. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. They have the potential. I I used to do that with. I date like guys who are losers, and my mom will be like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Their his parents could be rich," and she's like, "Are they?" And I'm like, "I don't know yet, but they could be." And I would like fantasize that he had some like really rich parents. <laughs> he didn't. Well, that's what you have to hang on to when you date losers. I do that as well. I'm like, he probably has a big dick. And then I hold out for like 20 (laughs) minutes and I'm like, he does it. I got to go. So you get dumped in the park, which is a great dumping place. I've done it before, too, because it's not like in a restaurant or in a um, apartment. It's a very like public space that you could like go your separate ways after. It was very odd because we had only been on a few dates and I it wasn't going well the third one. And I was like, Ugh, I just need to get out of here. And then we'll just ghost each other. That's what I assume. Yeah. But you yeah. want to sit down and talk about it. And he was like, we have just we just have different interests. And I was like, is this because I just said I love hot dogs like that? I think was when he was like, Who yeah, I just got like this. hot dogs. I think you wrote a hot dog for free on yeah. camera. Any time of the day. <laughs> yeah, same. I've always like. I'm starting my an OnlyFans. Just me deep throating hot dogs. <laughs> oh, I fully have a video of me deep throating a bunless hot dog. Um, I also kind of I I'm like so pro ghosting. As in, I feel like some of these guys think they're like being good by after two fucking terrible dates that you're not even into to be like, hey, I just want to tell you that I've I've gotten to know you and I don't like what I see. I'm like, I don't need that. I don't like yeah. you either. You fucking fuck. Like yeah, ghost, let's ghost so each other like normally Yeah. When he's like, You're not successful enough for me. You're like, bro, you're gonna be watching me on TV the rest of your life. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, you that's how I feel. Put that fire under your ass and then like send him clips of you from like a, a different account. <laughs> it's so fu- yeah, I know. I always think that I'm like, this guy doesn't even know what he just passed up on. But then like I can't get an audition for like anything. And I'm like, all right, maybe this guy was on something. No, but that guy like, clearly you... sucks. He sucks. Yeah, they passed for you on the Vagisil commercial. Um, but <laughs> this guy's going to pay. No, he his apartment was sick. I still have a video of it. I took a video of it when he was in the bathroom because it's it was sick. What did he do? Um, he worked at a hedge fund. There's a bazillion of him out there. On to the next one. What tattoo did you get? Oh, so I got relaxed written on my wrist because I went to a Laney concert. Do you know Laney? Yeah. I don't, I don't really know them either. I feel like I, Wait, well, I said on. that because I wanted to feel cool. Um, It says relax. I don't know. I don't know why I'm showing. I guess it you doesn't don't have matter. To. But it's fine. It's cursive on my wrist. I got it alone after the concert. Um, Who'd you go to the concert with? My friends from high school were visiting New York to see this concert. And we went and got pretty lit. And then there was a tattoo shop on my way home. And it was calling and, your name. 
yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get relaxed right on my wrist because that's going to remind me to relax. But I've never looked at it and been like, okay, yeah, I need to calm down. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's like our bodies are not refrigerators to put post-its on to be like, pick up the groceries tomorrow. Like, yeah. leave it alone. <laughs> so then your what's your next tattoo? So, and then I went on a first date with a guy who's an Australian and... Dangerous dangerous i know and i just been dumped in miami by this guy who i really thought i was in love with and i just needed a man to commit to me i think i really just needed that so we were drinking and he has weird tattoos on his body it's small he has his friend's wedding date on his body i'm like why that's that's bad it it, it was just He his tattoos maybe were worse worse than mine. It was like dates that had nothing to do with his life. I don't I'm like love that. their anniversary is not any of your business. I'm like, how are you gonna care about our anniversary when their anniversary is on your fucking chest on the heart part, bro? <laughs> exactly. You're fucking this up for us. Um and then I was like, Oh, let's let's go get tattoos as a joke. And he was like, Okay. And we met at the bar Smith and Mills. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, what do we get? Because we don't really know each other. So we were going to get Smith and Mills, but that's too long. So we got (laughs) S&M. But you thought it was like ironic, like S&M? Yeah, we thought it was like funny. Yeah. And it, so mine's under my right boob and his is a little more side, but it's kind of under his right boob too. So, um, yeah, we both have boob tattoos that say (laughs) S&M. So were you like sitting there? And this, you guys hadn't even kissed yet or anything? Not even kissed. Not what even ha- touched hands. What happened after? So he, he, I was like, I got to go home. And he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got to go. You're like, uh, you think I'm spontaneous, but I have to be up early. Okay. That's basically what I said. I was like, yeah. And he, I think he was a little thrown up because i just got that tattoo and then i was like see you later you know to get snm with someone and then not even kiss them is insane yeah you got to keep him on his toes i like this game playing you're doing oh yeah and we still talk as friends but he's a little i don't know he he said things to me we were friends and then he was like you know you'd be the hottest girl i banged if i lost if you lost 10 pounds oh my god and I was like, well, maybe that's an Australian thing. <laughs> it's just uh, they don't understand that that's extremely rude. You're like, just because you sounded hot while you said it doesn't make it less hurtful. <laughs> I know. I was like, is that mean? Because the accent makes it sound OK, but I don't think it is. <laughs> so where are you finding these guys on dating apps? Yeah. Yeah. I feel I'm like on- as comics, we're pretty good with like the talking and the banter but then the rest is difficult <laughs> exactly I, they, people are like wow you're so interesting and then we go on a date and they're like too interesting maybe not interesting <laughs> is not the word <laughs> i also like have a shtick i love being mean and if you're not like sp- like spitting it back at me i get very bored and i probably have offended so many people and it's like i just want to be playful and if you can break through that i'll be like i'll be affectionate sometimes i'm the same way it's very hard for me to just I don't know how girls are just so I, sweet I, I am for no it. reason. So, like they don't deserve to get the sweet side of you on a date. Like, oh my god, thanks. This is so nice. You look so handsome. I like your shirt. Blah. Yeah, that's Make how I don't it. get how girls are just so friendly up top. <laughs> right. And it's up not top. even me being mean. It's just like I'm like I I get so nervous and I have such bad anxiety that yeah. I either don't talk or I. I, people are always like oh i didn't think you liked me when i first met you i'm like i just like am so afraid of saying something embarrassing that i just like don't speak that's so funny because i just have you know what it's called um the kind of cognitive replacement therapy or something where you just like do what you're scared of like i just am the opposite where i'll just embarrass myself like immediately in front of people and then be like okay it wasn't that bad we're good <laughs> we met we met at the stand once and i remember like i wasn't shutting up and you were pretty quiet and i remember thinking like I don't know how she feels about me. Like, I remember thinking that. <laughs> no, it was so funny because I was just about to say, when I first met you, you were so nice. And I was so like, <laughs> I was just like, I 
I like don't know. I was very, I was very envious because I was like, I don't know how to just be so open and nice. Oh my <laughs> Not- god! But so funny because I remember you were quiet, and I remember being like, "She's focused. She is taking her set seriously," and I just have to respect that. And I'm not shutting up. And she's probably annoyed at me. She's probably like, "Oh, that girl's talking when I'm trying to like think of my set right now or something." No, I was like fully like I Andrew yeah, Andrew Castrodano was sitting with us too. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, you're leaving? Shit, I don't." Maybe I should go for a walk or something. <laughs> he gets so nervous too. So he was like, I was literally like wanting to befriend you guys so bad. Like he looks so cute. And I already like knew you off Instagram. So I already like had a crush on you. And you guys were like, n- like not really joining the conversation. I was like, they hate me. But you know what? I tried. I embarrassed myself all the time. Why is this time any different? <laughs> oh no. My manager, he was, he called me. He goes, Hannah, I want to say you have for generals, but I got to be honest, you are not great with first impressions. <laughs> Like, I can't send you into a room and you just be like, uh huh, okay, what? Like, and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to bust out of my bubble. I tried to do um, hypnotherapy for a while. Oh, wow. Because I was, I get so nervous. Like, after the first time I meet someone, it's okay. But literally, the first time I meet people, I just get so, I don't know what it is. I think it's, I just get so nervous. So I'm I feel afraid. like I, I like people like you because you're like a cat to me. We're like, you don't just warm up to anyone like I need to earn your affection which again is my own issues like my friend Paige on Summer House is the same way like she is like she's really pretty and she has a little bit of resting bitch face and she's like painfully shy when you first meet her and everyone's like Paige hates me Paige is a bitch and I'm like no she was probably just super anxious and nervous so like it's it's so interesting to talk to you because like you didn't look nervous or anxious at all. You just looked like kind of like bored <laughs> with the conversation. <laughs> I think I was hungry too. And uh, Len oh, that's was the whole hu- thing. Yeah. <laughs> hunger and- changes the game. Hunger. You could literally murder someone. I'll be like, she was hungry. It's fine. Well, because also it wasn't my food. So I felt very awkward because <laughs> this is like fully what I was thinking. I was like, well, this is their food. So I don't want to seem like I'm like part of this crew and just start eating their food. I don't know who's <laughs> paying for this. And I don't want to be that girl who's like, yeah, she just came to the party and just started eating food. And you know, if you ask, people have to say yes. Yeah, But then exactly. afterwards, they'll be like, that girl fucking ate our pizza. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> You're like, not about to buy like a $20 meal. Uh huh. Those were my thoughts exactly, and I'm like, yeah. I also like talk about wanting to be skinnier. So if I eat this pizza, they're gonna be like, oh, she wants to be skinnier, but she's gonna go out and eat our pizza. Uh, I love this inner monologue that you were having while I'm in my own world, being like, okay, let's just try to all get along. Come on, guys, let's have fun. (laughs) I'm gonna go cry. I'm gonna cry tonight. Um, (laughs) When was the first time you realized you have bad anxiety? I th- I think um, I've uh, maybe high school is when it really started because mm-hmm. I felt like I I was very confident in sixth grade and people were like okay you need to like shut up like you're <laughs> very loud and annoying <laughs> and in seventh grade I had no friends and uh, girls made fun of me because I was like annoying yeah and I was very theatery I wasn't a singer so I, that saved me but I was very yeah, uh, I guess obnoxious God. as a yeah. kid yeah I needed Adderall basically. Yeah. And and people were just so mean that it made me so nervous to really just but this is sounds so sad, but like it just made me so nervous for the rest of my life because I I felt like so I think middle school was like very I'm like, that's how you know I'm privileged. I'm like middle school was very hard for me. But uh, <laughs> but it makes but it sense is. if if the action caused that response, you're naturally going to be scared of that action. Like if you being silly and yourself was causing people to have negative emotions towards you, it's human nature to be scared of it. Yeah, it's I felt like that's and now I'm on Zoloft and stuff, so that helps. But I've also felt like um, I didn't I didn't get my period. So this might be a lot until I was like, in a 10th or 11th grade it was mm-hmm. very late mm-hmm. and I always felt like I've been called a late bloomer like my whole life and I never really knew what that mean but I just knew girls got like hotter and I didn't so I <laughs> felt very insecure about that and then I didn't get into a sorority my first year of college and I ended up doing one that was like not even a good one my second year but but that makes sense if you're bad at first impressions it makes sense because <laughs> yeah all I got rejected from being every friendly. sorority you literally just have to be friendly and that's like your one biggest fear when meeting people <laughs> I know I got my like bid thing back the second day it had nothing on it and I was like wait what 
<laughs> and my friend's like, yeah, you're not that nice. Like, That's super traumatizing. That's, but it's also so stupid. So how did you turn this, like, kind of feeling like an outcast, kind of feeling like quieting yourself down to then be like, I want my voice to be heard by the world? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it does feel like <laughs> quite a jump I made. Like everybody hates me, but like they all have to listen to me. Um, no, I feel <laughs> because I feel like like I was kicked out of tennis camp in elementary school for being um, annoying, and I feel like my <laughs> if I channel it into comedy, and it's like okay to be inappropriate in comedy, like it's okay to say yeah. these things. Yeah, it's more freeing in the sense of well, that's what I'm here to do is be annoying a little bit and like yeah. say things that are not you can't say in conversation yeah so it does in a weird way feel the most free i can be because like in a business setting you have to watch what you say or around my parents so many filters yeah so many filters and on stage it's like you don't have to have a filter i'm annoying so, as well <laughs> as you can tell yeah i'm annoying like my brother thinks i'm the most annoying person on the planet so it's like i w when i was able to put it back on stage then when you go back into real life you realize like we're not appropriate people like I'll be at like a dinner with my family and like other people and I'll say something super inappropriate but funny and you just realize like we're not meant for this normal world of like you ever hear a normal person conversation and you're just like how did you survive that like what yes. is going on in your heads like why could you not just say how you're really feeling or like call someone out on their bullshit in a funny way like we've comedy like enables our forward weird thinking brains and it's fun but then like we're not okay to be put back in society and that's why i think dating is hard for us too oh 100 percent. like yeah <laughs> conversation is hard normal conversation is hard no i feel the exact same way because women are just so taught to not take up space so i kind of love that you're like oh you guys didn't want me in your fucking sorority you didn't want me as a friend fuck you guys because i'm here and i'm big and i'm gonna be heard and people love it some you know they still get the <laughs> negative comments as well <laughs> some people are like not into it at all what's your worst habit oh man how to narrow that down um i feel i pick my hair a lot yeah i play I, with my I, hair yeah i play with my eyelashes a lot it's really bad you pull them no but I just, like, organize them. Does that make sense? Like, I, I need them all to be, like, separated. Like, I can't have them, like, in clumps or, like, near my eyeball. Interesting. It's an anxiety thing. Yeah. I used to pull out my eyebrows for a while. So I don't have the end of this eyebrow. So I was pulling that out. And then I, I pull my hair. Yeah. I had... It's a very bad tick. And I looked it up. And it is a disease associated with anxiety. Yeah, trichotillomania, right? We've yeah. Had, we've had that on the podcast. You're, don't worry, you fit right in. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> was the girl who you interviewed, how was her hair? It was when she was younger and she's like since recovered from it. I think there's a lot of great recovery stories, but like she had like, one girl had like lost her hair in middle school. Like it was just done. Or one like kind of has a spot that she always picks at. Um, but yeah, it really is just coping with, with anxiety. And that's like your comfort. Yeah, it does feel because I my friend, a couple my guy friend, he's a comedian in L.A. He's like in his 40s and he'll always he, I call him dad because he'll always be like, Hannah, stop with the hair. Stop with oh, the I hair. I hate but, when people do it to me. They say, Hannah, stop with the eyelashes. And I'm like, it's OCD. <laughs> you think I want to do this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, this is not I'm not doing this because it's <laughs> like fun for me. <laughs> sitting here in a, my mind like going fucking insane so what's your biggest insecurity physically physically my stomach your stomach yeah yeah and i also feel like instagram is so fucking annoying right now because i have a theory that girls are removing their bottom rib what i i have a theory like you know these bodies that you just haven't seen before like the way they're like like Kendall Jenner's body is or Kylie Jenner like it goes in in a way that's not natural I think people are removing their ribs I'm starting that I'm starting, I'm starting it. it you know I I wouldn't be surprised um if that's true because of all the shit I just don't I do believe that but I also that does seem insane, insane. that you would insane. take out your rib yeah 
it was it was a, a big um big piece of gossip i just dropped it well my first thought sick fucking thought was like oh i wonder how much that is <laughs> <laughs> the thing with that always helped me with like with body fat in your stomach was that like when i feel like i'm gaining a little weight my mom was always like it's because you're a woman and like as a woman you need weight to have your period like you're given that extra like little you know puff around your belly button because you're a woman and it's hormones or whenever i feel like i'm gaining weight i'm like oh it's because i'm i'm premenstrual it's like the first week after my period (laughs) no same i'm like you know the first the first week two weeks before and after i'm not great on it so this is just uh just kind of like a period thing (laughs) i also think that during the pandemic it's hard like i've been eating ice cream every night because my parents have it and like that's what they do and I just kind of so much of it is I think just being nice to ourselves during it and like I talked to a therapist about it once and she just just how like I I feel like I gained weight and I felt so bad and she's like why do you have to have an eight pack um, yeah and it was like an interesting question she but you look like, like a very why? good body thank you I mean I'm naturally athletic but like you you know like when your body's looking like healthy versus like your little past where you want to be but it was true. I'm a perfectionist. So I was like, I feel bad. She's like, why the fuck do you have to be perfect? It's funny because I, I, I was going to say when I saw you on Summer House, the thing that I if I was going to say I didn't like about you was that you were drinking so much and you were so thin and had such a good body. I was like, <laughs> how do you drink that much and you still have a good body? I was like, this is unfair. I love you so much because people on the sh- who talked about the show, they'll always pick up like, Hannah. You are the most relatable one. I'm like, are you calling me ugly? I say I'm the ugly one. <laughs> no, I think it's just because you were so honest and like you didn't seem that invested in any of the drama. The episodes I saw and you were just yeah. kind of like doing your own thing and drinking, which is usually me at a party. I'm like, all right, I'll just crack another <laughs> one. Um, yeah, I didn't have like too many storylines going on and I wasn't going to like try to force something. So I was just like, well, I'm going to jump in the pool and get in trouble because my mic is on when was the last time you were depressed i i feel like i honestly struggle with it pretty often Mm -hmm. i get very depressed um uh, pretty frequently Mm -hmm. which is um yeah i i get very i i feel a lot of guilt about things that i've done um in my life even if it's small i just will be like oh i'm so embarrassed or Mm -hmm. you know whatever of something i've done and then i get sad that life ends at yeah. the same time so i'm like scared about the future and sad about the past that's literally anxiety and depression depression's about the past anxiety's about the future yeah and you're have you have a like little tornado moment yeah i think i had one um 2 days ago sunday was a pretty rough day just because it felt i felt I still felt Sunday anxiety, even though it's been the same every day. I feel like it's onset anxiety. Because you, you almost are like, I should feel anxiety about should I have to do this week, but there's like not a lot happening. And yeah. I'm mad about that. It's also like so much is out of your control. So if you're like a type A person, it's the perfect cocktail to get depressed. I feel like what's really helped me is just changing how I speak to myself in those moments that that are like, Hannah, why'd you do that? Hannah, that was embarrassing. To instead be like softer to yourself. And it really, it's like, it's really just a conscious decision to just be like, you know what? It's okay that you didn't do that. Or it's okay you said that stupid thing. It's okay. Um, And that's what my brother said too after the wedding when I was a blackout mess. He called me and he was like, Hannah, you know what? You're not an alcoholic by the sense of, because I don't drink every night. Like, it wasn't like I was const- going on a bender constantly. And yeah. I still, I, was, I guess a functional alcoholic is what a New Yorker is how I prefer <laughs> to call it. But he said, you talk shit about yourself so much on stage and so much in these videos because it's all self-deprecating. And I think you need to be nicer to yourself because yeah. then it gives you more anxiety. And I, I do agree with that of talking it's just so hard i always say on this podcast realizing that that voice is not you that voice is like middle schoolers who talk shit about you when you were a kid or like your parents when they were down on you those are the negative voices and you can if you note it like this is an anxiety thought or depression thought not this is me then you you start separating and i think that was like my biggest hurdle to overcome that i'm still working on but it's so helpful yeah i need your therapist (laughs) no I have two more questions, then we're going to play a final game. But these are like 
these are fun do you have a hunch of how you will die that's so funny um i i because i i do think about that often um i always imagine i'm gonna get hit by something but i hope it's old age i hope yeah maybe you know, you get hit by old age <laughs> yeah exactly hit hard. i just want to I just want to, I want to go out notebook style, you know, with the man in my dreams holding me in his arms. Oh, and you not really knowing what his name is, but he's hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, if you went to a psychic, what would you want to know about your future? I guess I just want to know. I always, I go to psychics um, and I'm always like, when will I be financially stable enough where I'm not constantly worried about it? And also, when am I getting married? Be like, when will my parents get richer? And then I, I can tell a guy how rich my parents are. <laughs> exactly. When can I trap a guy with my parents' money? <laughs> so do you go to a lot of psychics? I used to, but then I started having anxiety about it because I just feel like if something... Actually, some have been pretty spot on about my life because I didn't think I was going to move to New York as a last minute decision. But the psychic I met in Chicago was like, you're going to move across the country in the fall. And I was like, no, I'm not. And then I like literally two months later met my manager and left within two months. Like it was not, it's crazy. She like said all this stuff and she's like, your first job is going to, she's like, is going to be, she's like, do you do like performing or something? And she's like, okay, it's not acting. What's another thing? And I was like writing. She's like, yeah, it's going to be that. And then my first job was a writing job. So, and I tried to audition for the show, comedy knockout, didn't get the show, but they made me a writer. There's just like weird stuff like that, that I was like, wow, that one was pretty spot on. I love when like failing at something opens up something else. That's how I feel about breakups too. It's like you'll never meet the next one if you stayed with the guy you thought was right for you. I just want to say that you would have been great as Miley's best friend in Hannah Montana. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I agree. So you, okay. It's, uh, is it on your Instagram or something? It says that you auditioned for the role of Hannah Montana's best friend. Yes. What happened? I did John Robert Powers, which is a pyramid scheme for acting for children. And oh they basically like you pay them a bunch of money and you get in front of casting directors in Virginia. But they came down from, you know, they come from L.A. and New York. And I guess they really do. And this guy, I like did this like commercial read for him. And then he sent me the script to be the friend, Lily. And that was like I did this self tape and... <laughs> I think I still have the script. It was like my biggest Hollywood moment. And it's the biggest audition I've literally ever been on. So honestly, I could see it like he was good. I don't even remember what the girl is, but you would have been a good a good one. Thanks. They gave it to uh, that guy, the Sixth Sense sister, the guy in Sixth Sense. Oh, that's his sister. They do look alike. Yeah. Hey, Emily Joel Osment. Yeah, she had connections. Fuck that. Yeah, that's it's it was political. That's why I didn't get it. My acting was flawless. Yeah, yeah, I 100% I could see that. I can feel that. Um, it's time to play our final game, The Seven Deadly Sins. Hell yeah. Seven Deadly Sins. What are you greedy about? I think um I'm greedy about comedy. <laughs> like I want all the spots. I want to get everything and and at the end of the day it's like there we all should get stuff like i shouldn't be jealous of other people you know what i mean like yeah I, like I, a law I, of abundance like there's enough for everyone and like we can all be great ex <laughs> yeah no totally and i i think it's i know that and i am happy for people totally but a part of me does feel like oh i wish that was me yeah and i'm trying to really let go of that because it's not it's just an ego thing and a, an agreed thing it's not anything that i actually mean I liked something you said in one of your interviews where you were basically, yeah, I did a lot of research this morning. You were like, I want to be so different from everyone else that like, it's just incom not comparable. Like you can't even compare it because you're so uniquely yourself. And if you compare yourself to other people, then you're doing yourself a disservice because you're like making comparisons when you shouldn't be able to do that. And I feel like I did that for so long and I'm like, it doesn't matter. They're not me and I'm never going to be that person. And it's great that they have success. Yeah. Um, but so 
Yeah, I'm trying, but and then I see Instagram and I'm like, God damn it, these bitches are crawling with followers. <laughs> and then I'm like, Do I need to lose weight? Is this the issue here? And then I'm like, No, no I love it always goes back to your your weight. <laughs> it, it always goes back to my weight and Instagram. Those are like my two biggest upsets. <laughs> also, I feel like someone taught. Um, I had a guest talk about how m- money, there's like a lot of abundance where like the more you spend, actually the more you make. And I think the same thing comes with like success where like the more you root for other people and like have positivity towards them, the more like it comes back and you are successful is like my theory on it. Oh, totally. I think that when you, yeah, when you help other people and they'll help not but you should never be like i'm helping this person so maybe they help me but it's just if you try to be especially in comedy if you just try to be like i'm it i'm the thing you're never gonna that's so that's like the least no one wants to be around that yeah it always comes back around even if like you put someone on a show and they don't put you on theirs there's gonna be a moment where someone brings up your name that person's gonna be like oh yeah i did a show she's cool like it's the comedy dude it's such a small world if you fuck one person over i feel like everyone knows and you get fucked (laughs) oh yeah i feel like that's what happened to dane cook is that he was this big asshole and then he didn't have much and people i don't know his career didn't really i just dane cook was a dick to me one time and i'm like yeah that's what happens what did he do i saw my he was eating dinner with my friend at a diner i was very new in comedy and i was like hey what's up and he was like oh hey i'm meeting my friend dane and dane was sitting down and and he was like Dan, this is my friend Hannah. And he goes, okay, yeah, great. Well, we're just kind of having our own meal. (laughs) And I was like, okay, like I do not. No. And this was like four or five years. It wasn't even at Dane Cook's prime. I was just like, I don't give a shit about like your itchy asshole joke, Dane Cook. (laughs) Also, Also, I saw him at the Laugh Factory last year. And when I saw he was in the lineup, I was like, interesting. And some guy was like just opening and he was like, okay, whatever. No one knew who he was and he he didn't bomb. He didn't kill. And then Dane Cook comes on after and like makes fun of him. And I'm like, really? You're going to make fun of the opener? Like you're Dane Cook. Shut up. Like he was like, wow, was that supposed to be funny? (laughs) Ha ha. And I'm like, are you supposed to be funny right now? (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. It's shit like that. And he like runs the light a lot. He just, he, he was banned for, I don't know, whatever. So where was he banned from the laugh factory for like a year? Cause he ran the light uh, uh, on everyone. He would do like 45 minutes to an hour at a time. Shut up. Yeah. And then they banned him and the comedy store doesn't put him up because they don't like him. Wow. Maybe he is past there. I don't think he is though. I remember the comedy store being like, mm, Dane Cook's not really our cup of tea. Wow. I love the tea we're getting right now. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't say this. I don't know. But I, I maybe he is past the I forget. But there was he's just a dick. Yeah. Um, we don't know the facts, but we do know how he made us feel. Um, who who are you envious of? I feel like I'm envious of all my friends in a way of just they my like my one friend lives in Seattle and works at Amazon and they have a, a, a townhouse and a cute dog and um, they're getting married in Cancun next year. And she, you know, has a Peloton. Um, it just it seems so nice to be. But and she just seems so happy. But you would go crazy if you were just like living a nine to five life on a Peloton at night. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. But it's just a weird. My friends who are very their lives are pretty basic. And I don't mean it in a mean way, but just very um, Sim- simple and like, wow, that seems like happiness. Yes. And just so satisfied. Whereas I feel like even when I I have a job at Comedy Central and I'm like, okay, yeah, but I haven't sold a show. And it's like, okay, relax. (laughs) Just I keep wanting things so much that eventually, even if I get them, then it's going to be over. So if I don't enjoy it the whole way, then it's just going to be shitty. But it also goes back to our conversation in the beginning where it was like, you can't let the highs and lows affect you so much. Like the happiness needs to be just like there. Regardless, exactly. which is hard, but you like, let's talk about the snapshots. Sh- the snapshot. Oh, it's so hard to say. The Snapchat show. <laughs> you sold it and you killed it. How, how is the emotions through that? Like, do you feel like you're happier now? 
Um, that's the thing. Like, no, you know, and, and, which sounds terrible because I, I am happy and I was really proud of the show and we worked really hard on it. And um, it was so fun. It was such a fun process. But then I was like, I don't even know who watches Snapchat. I don't know if anyone's going to see it. And then it was that it was just these negative voices that I'm like, even my dad was like, you need to you need to be thankful. And I do. It's something that's um, but it because when I think back on it, I loved everyone that worked on it. We had such a fun time and everyone was so great. But in the negative part of me is like, well, it's not a real show, but it because it, it, it's not full length. But I did. It did feel like a real show filming it. Like we, you know, it felt it was a lot of work and we had so much fun. But I mean, there's a way you can like talk yourself up or down about any situation. It's all perspective. But it it's really rings true that no matter what happens to you, you think it'll like make people look at you differently or be different. It's like, no, you're still the same person. So if you haven't like changed how you talk to yourself in your own head, like nothing's going to change. I wanted to ask you that because I was like, damn, Hannah's on a come up. Like I saw that and I, I just thought the content was so well done and like you produced it, you're behind it. I just see it as a stepping stone. Like this is proof that you can create such a high quality show. Everyone should watch it. Um, it's called Get Money. And I think you should be super proud of yourself. Oh, thanks so much. That's so nice to hear. Yeah, so this is the one time I'm being nice to you. And then I'm like, why do you hate yourself? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I, I like even when we were sitting at the table, I was very envious of your energy. I was like, and it wasn't even like just try to match it. Just try to engage. I was like, God damn it. I can't do it. <laughs> and then in my head, I'm like, my energy is annoying. I'm too much, but I can't stop because I'm on a roll now and I can't stop it. And yeah, but I've gotten this new thing where it's like some people think I'm loud. Some people will project their own shit onto me. But like you just need to find the right people to surround yourself with that when I'm like really myself, I'm actually kind of quiet because I don't feel like I need to prove anything. Um, but the comedy community, I feel like gets that. Like I yeah. feel like so many people are like that. Um, what are you gluttonous about? Like what's your go to thing to like binge or just yeah, be gluttonous about? Well, it used to be alcohol. <laughs> um, and now I guess it's sweets. I'm like a very, I'm a sweetie. My friend, we're like, my friends are all like, are you a sweetie or are you a salty? Do you like fries or do you like dessert? And I'm a dessert person. What's your go-to dessert? <sighs> mm, it really depends on the day, but I do love a good cookie. Yeah. I like raw cookie dough. Yeah. Do you, so you like a crispy cookie or a chewy cookie? Crispy cookie. Okay, have you tried, um, what's the Southampton brand? Uh, Tate's? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to get sponsorship by them. I don't know what for, <laughs> but those cookies are the shit. Dude, I, I have the double chocolate one, and it's so buttery, and oh, I've been eating that. I literally, I've never been to the Hamptons, and I just want to go to Tate's. Like, even just this summer, I'm going to take the Jitney just to stop at Tate's. <laughs> Dude, the second quarantine's over, you're on that jitney just to walk in and sniff and snort a cookie. The crumbs. Yeah. I just imagine it's going to be like the real life Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. You know, I'm going to walk <laughs> in and just be like, wow, this smells. Uh. It has like an incredible story to that business. Tate's is badass. Um, when was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? I get angry. I got I get ang really angry. I kind of have, I have like quick tempers and I get over it quick, which just sounds, which is so unlikable. <laughs> I probably do that. Because then they're still mad that you got mad and you're like, I'm good. We're good. And they're like, I yeah, didn't like that person I saw for three seconds. And you're like, well, yeah. she'll be back. Just wait. Yeah, exactly. Like in sixth grade, my boyfriend cheated on me and I found out and I threw ice cream at his head. And, uh, it almost hit him in the eye and it could have been really bad, but I was like, get over it. Like it was fine. <laughs> I feel like you've had so many boyfriends and I love it. I've had, not, I call them my boyfriends. Cause it's like, I don't know. I'm not going to call them like Rick, you know, but yeah. I, um, they're not really my boyfriends. They're just people. I feel like guys are, this is what I got angry about. I have a guy friend who we have romantic involvement and it's always so confusing. And then he'll like push it so hard. And then as soon as I'm like, okay, like I do like you, he's like, whoa, this is way too much. And that's kind of happening right now in quarantine. Uh, yeah. I have a similar situation where like, 
we clearly like each other and he only wants to talk to me but then whenever there's i personally i'm kind of like over it but then whenever there's a little like like what is this he's like you know how fucked up i am like you know uh, like my ex and it's like okay grow the fuck up for a second yeah exactly and then the yeah it's just it's so frustrating it's and i and i get so mad at him and i'll be like this is just such a if you were my friend you wouldn't even be doing this to me because it's fucked up it's like they're getting your attention when they want it and it's hard because i don't even know if i like guys so if i convince myself that i like you like go with it Yeah, that's that's me too. It takes me so long to like someone. And then once I do, I like you forever. Like I've really liked two guys my whole life. And one mm-hmm. of them was the start of high school and ended the year after college. <laughs> and this guy, it's been like two years. So I'm like, it's going to be another six before I really get over this. <laughs> I And at first you're like, oh, friendships, this is good. But then it's like, no, are they kind of pushing boundaries that they wouldn't if you because you don't know where the boundaries are? Exactly. They're, it's just so confusing. And then they try to put it back on you like, no, no, that's not what I wanted. It's like, yes, it is. What did you expect me to say to your dick? Like, yeah. And it's also like, do you fucking hear yourself when you talk? Yeah. Also, I saw something on Comedy Central. Did your mom walk in on you having phone sex with him? So, yes, I exaggerate the story, obviously, but um <laughs> he did it, this is when I, I really was like maybe i don't like this guys so we're having phone sex and then he was like i'm gonna spank you i'm sorry this is like a lot over the phone this is not um, it's fine this is great but the, he like slapped his stomach as like a sound effect okay and i i've never laughed <laughs> so hard i was like what did you just do that was like painful he's like yeah that was too much huh <laughs> Um, it's really also weird for, for a friend who's like a person you like comfort with to be like I'm gonna treat you like a naughty girl and I'm gonna hit you so fucking hard oh I just five starred myself Ugh. I know exactly that's the thing he's like what do you want me to call you I was like Hannah dude like stop <laughs> no, a lot of these guys are into that stuff and it's hard when you have a sense of humor to like not laugh or say something stupid during it <laughs> I know. He's like, call me daddy. I'm like, I'm not going to call you that. Like, (laughs) no. There are some people who like have a very different um, identity when it comes to sex. Like, I feel like they're normal. And then the second you're hooking up, they become like these monsters or like these like hypersexual beings. And it freaks me out. I'm like, where's Jonathan? Where did he go? Yeah, no, totally. It's you're it's a different side of someone that you just never signed up to see. You're like, this is not who I signed up to sleep with. <laughs> um I'm gonna oh yeah, when was the last time you were a sloth? And we're in quarantine right now, so that's a loaded question probably. Yeah, that's tough. Cause I, I do feel like every night in New York, every night I didn't have a show or something to do, I didn't I would just lay in my bed. Same because I, I don't because is yeah it's just not i'm so tired and it's so nice to have one all right used to i'm like i'm never canceling plans after this quarantine but i used to just it was so nice to have one night off where i would just like order food and eat in my bed and just which is like kind of gross but um i feel like i have one night off a week where i just don't do anything that's amazing it's i try to have at least at least one um because it's comedy you have to be so on all the time it's important to turn off and just recharge oh 100 percent. yeah when was the last time you let your pride get in the way of something this is a little tough one uh i feel like i mean even last week i was doing um i did a video for comedy central and they were just like how about you like they put it on their twitter but they didn't put it on all their platforms and it like really bothered me and then my dad was like shut up like people don't have jobs like people are not you know don't let your ego and your pride make you don't let them not their decision on whatever it is whatever their reasons behind it make you upset I guess it it wasn't really a decision it stopped but it just made me very angry in a way that was irrational and I was like yeah it's it's my content I can put on my own shit also who cares (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, it's just that perspective. But, like, you have a right to be upset, but it's, like, the level of, like, how much you let it ruin your day or week or month or even your year. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just made myself laugh. Okay. Um, when was the last time you lusted over someone? Like, do you have a celebrity crush or just a random story of lust? Oh, my gosh. I ran into Leonardo DiCaprio. He was walking down, like, in Tribeca, and I was... <laughs> talking to my mom on the phone and I saw him and I go, mom, I got to go. And I hung up, but I was like, then I got off the phone. I was like, wait, no, I don't like, I don't, we're not going to, I'm not going to say hello. But so then I was like, oh my God. And then I like kind of turned away and he, I could see him like kind of smiling. Cause he saw the whole thing on my face when I was like, oh my God, mom, I have to go. And then maybe like, wait, what? And then what just, was like, he wearing? Walking. He was wearing a, a Yankees hat and a, like a white t-shirt. I love that. I, I love that he smiled. That makes me happy. Maybe yeah, he's better than Ellen. Because I used to have videos of him. Like there's a stalker video on VHS of like this girl who went around stalking Leonardo DiCaprio. And I watched it all the time. And my dad was like, Hannah, you're so creepy. <laughs> so when I saw him, I felt like I was back in that moment of being obsessed with him. <laughs> but then I was like, also, like, what's going to happen if I meet Leonardo DiCaprio? Like not anything i want like <laughs> why do you like him so much i i just loved him in titanic and i yeah. think it just stuck with me for my whole life being obsessed I, with him you're a loyal fucking bitch I, look i mean once a lover always a lover in my mind. ride or die ride or yeah. die final question is what advice would you give to listeners on how to cope with their hell I guess what you were saying to me of just changing the inner monologue and um, being nicer to yourself and kinder to yourself is is just something that we all, I think everyone needs to do because especially with Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, I guess not Facebook, I don't know, TikTok, what's the trend? Um, it's so easy to just think of yourself as not great. And um, I just think the only person who's really who's always you're the only person who's always going to be on your team even if you in the worst moments you know what i mean so you have to be like your best teammate in a way which sounds very cheesy but like I no know. i love that i love that because you're you're always there's so many games that you could play in your head and at the end of the day like root for yourself and be there for yourself um where can people follow you hannah what can people watch that you're in give us a lowdown um my you know my social handles are at hans h-a-n-s dicky d-i-c-k-i-e uh which is very confusing uh but it's only because those are my two nicknames in college anyway um and then yeah get money on snapchat check it out i don't know download snapchat if you don't have it send nudes <laughs> yeah get on it what are you doing that's where all the nudies are sent um thank you so much for coming on everyone follow hannah she's amazing and thanks so much for coming to hell i'll talk to you guys later bye <laughs>